Hey there. Hey, everybody. And welcome back to the Def Leppard Hardcast. Till Def, do us do party. Do us party. party. And we are having a party. With me is Dr. Def himself, Alex Smith. Hi. Hey there. And I am your leopard tamer, Stuart Wellington. And hey, Stuart. We, hey, what's going on? Not much, man. You doing good? Oh. Uh, yeah, I was expecting, a, you know, a deeper probing question, but that's okay. Um, we are, uh, a, if you're just tuning in for the first time because you saw the title of this episode, uh, we are Or a, if, because if, if it went viral and therefore you have to check it out. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you hopped and, over from BuzzFeed, cause uh-huh. this, this episode went totally viral. Yep, which uh, we do. This is how we begin every episode because we, <laughs> every episode, we're hoping that it will go viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, what kind of benefits would we get from that, uh, Alex? From going viral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd probably get to meet Def Leppard. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Def Leppard would show up uh, at one of our recordings in a, lim- in a limousine, and they would, pop, they would <laughs> pop out uh, holding their instruments. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, I mean, would, yeah, that makes sense. It'd basically be much. It'd be pretty quick. They'd want to, you know, the viral stuff. They gotta, they gotta truck through a lot of viral stuff. These, uh, these media companies. So it'd probably be just a few quick selfies with the band. They'd perform a song, uh, and then, um, and then what, we would. What song do you think they would play? Do you think they'd play Paper Sun? Yeah, probably, probably uh, Promises. <laughs> oh or, wow. Uh, or that, um, or something off the new record, uh, which yeah. we haven't discussed and probably shouldn't even acknowledge yet that it exists. Uh, and then, um, and then that's that's basically it. We'll then get agents, and we'll spend the rest of our uh, the rest of our days trying to get on Dancing with the Stars or something. I don't know. Okay. Wow. So yeah, we do want to go viral. Oh, that absolutely. sounds like a dream absolutely. come true. A few minutes with Def Leppard, of course. Yep. A couple of selfies. Uh, am I, will I be able to put it up on Instagram or? Uh, it, it sort of depends on on which company what because it might be copyrighted. Uh, depending on which agency Instagram they license a, the viral a, experience through. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that sounds great. Now, um, as uh, we're, if we sound a little bit nervous, uh, it I mean that makes sense because we are today we're going to be tackling uh, the the biggin. The yep. big kahuna. The big kahuna. Hot I'm totally dog. nervous. I I am I am nervous. We gotta get this one right, Stuart. We gotta do it this, right. This is the litmus test. Yep. This is what's going to separate the men from the boys. A lot of lesser or, or hopefully lesser Def Leopard podcasts have mm-hmm. fallen to their knees and died at the foot of this temple that we are about to enter. Yep. And enter it, we will. Now, what do you think could happen if we get this one wrong? Are we going to go opposite viral? <laughs> I think so. Opposite viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, op- opposite viral sounds like the uh, what, my, what, what my autobiography should be called. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I'm not sure what – I'm actually not sure, honestly, if opposite viral is that bad. <laughs> it's almost like, <laughs> like you almost kind of 
you'd kind of either want to go good viral or opposite viral. You don't want to go bad viral at yep. all. That's the mm-hmm. one you want to stay away from is that's, bad viral. Uh, that's the internet destroying your life sort Kids, of thing, right? Kids, don't go bad viral. It's bad. Opposite viral is basically internet penicillin, right? Opposite viral is just kind of mediocrity, and no, okay. uh, you know, and nobody, uh, nobody returns your 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 direct messages with any kind of urgency or anything for the rest of your life. Uh, that's so opposite viral. We're, we're, we're kind of hurdy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay, uh, cool. Well, uh, so I guess if that's the worst thing that can happen is that we just plateau. I guess that's not that bad. So. Uh, this is the big kahuna we're talking about, Pour Some Sugar on Me, which Absolutely. is a song by the band Def Leppard, uh, the band that we talk about on this uh, podcast. Yeah, it's the fifth track on their fourth record, mm-hmm. uh, Hysteria. Hysteria, um, sure. It's a huge, huge song for them, for the era that it came out in, for uh-huh. us, for people in general, for the world, for humanity, and it's theoretically a for you right now, you the listener, because you're listening to us in your head. Uh, yeah. And unless you want to yank your earbuds out and throw your uh, pod player across the room, you're stuck with it. You're going to have to listen to this whole podcast. What? I yeah, think we messed is... up. Why don't we start this whole thing over again? I think we've already messed up this episode. You want to start all the way back over? Uh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess we rewound it, and uh, welcome to Till Death to Us Party. This is a, a Lepcast, where we talk about Def Leppard. Uh, we're going to be talking about the fifth song off the fourth album, Hysteria, called Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yeah, so Hysteria is uh, the third album in a, <laughs> in a trilogy of albums that we're talking about that started with yep. High and Dry, uh, continued with Pyromania, and is okay. now coming to uh, a pretty epic conclusion with the Yeah, a real album... return of the king. Yeah, yeah, with the album Hysteria. So let's, um, uh, unless you have any other topics up front you want to talk about, we can start, uh, we can just get right into talking about Hysteria again, Stuart. Do we need to mention that this is like their biggest song they've ever, they ever released? I think we will. I think I'd be surprised if we don't mention that in just a few moments. Okay, so let's get into this. <laughs> let's crack open this sandwich. But let's set the scene. All right. Okay. So we have nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty seven, right? Nineteen eighty seven. Yep. We have gone down to the cassette store. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've waited in line for. Uh, probably 12 to 14 hours. Mm-hmm. We say, excuse me, Mr. Sam Goody. I would like to purchase this cassette from you. Yes. And Sam Goody himself says, I mean, this that is will a be... big release day. Of course, he's going to be at the show. Yeah. Sam Goody himself, himself <laughs> says that will be five nickels because we're talking about 1987. Okay. Uh, and we give him five shiny nickels. That we earned okay. over the course of our summer job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he hands us a cellophane-wrapped cassette tape of Hysteria. Mm-hmm. And we crack open that cellophane. We open that sweet cassette box. And we pull that tape out. We put it on side A of our cassette player. And we hear the song Women. Now, mm-hmm. Women is a song about how great women are. And okay. we hear the song Rocket. 
Rocket is uh-huh. a song about a rocket. We hear the song Animal. Animal is a song about fucking. <laughs> then we hear the song Love Bites, which is yep. a song about how falling in love is like letting little gremlins into your house who gaslight yes. you into making you think that you're crazy. Yep. Uh, and destroy your life. Uh-huh. And then we have track five, Pour Some Sugar On Me, which probably blew everyone's speakers, blew everyone's socks clean off their feet. Yep. Now, as you mentioned before, this is Def Leppard's biggest hit. Yeah. This might yeah. be the biggest upbeat non-power ballad hit of the pop metal era. Yeah, this I mean, a, I think you're right. This is a song that is heard everywhere to this day uh from uh, like skating rinks to strip clubs mm-hmm. everywhere it's insanely popular commercials you do you hear it in commercials I'm, have they sold this to commercials i'd be i'd be I'm disappointed but, sure. I, but i feel like if un, you i'd understand car- i'm assuming if you pull up a hardy's carl's jr commercial you'll have some chick smearing a burger all over her boobs while this song plays uh, or a milkshake. It'd probably be something sweet. Probably not. I mean, savory. maybe it's a fucking burger with uh, like extra sweet barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, we have the sugar, the sugariest barbecue sauce in the business, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to let you know that by using the song "Pour Some Sugar on Me." <laughs> yeah, it's easily worth the investment. Yeah, the honey mustard we use is impossibly sweet, so this babe is going <laughs> to yeah. pour it all over herself while you listen to "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Uh, so pour some sugar on me is a, uh, is a huge, huge song. Uh, it, it's era defining. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this right now, if you know anything about Def Leppard at all, Mm -hmm. I have to assume that, you know, the song pour some sugar on me. And if you don't, um, I, I don't, I don't know what happened, but, uh, but maybe, you know what? Don't change anything about it. Uh, just write me a letter about yeah. what your experience is listening to this episode first and then listening to Pour Some Sugar on Me. Because my perspective is totally skewed because this has been one of the biggest songs around for almost my entire life. Yeah, and it's like you just ran into Brendan Fraser from Encino Man and you're like, hey, how are you doing, caveman? Uh, what, what song are you listening to right now? He's like... Pour some sugar on me. I've been listening to this forever because even though even though I'm a caveman, I know this song. Wait, I'm confused. What? What's? Why am I? Wait. Why am I asking him about it? Or well, because you're trying to find just, an example of a person who wouldn't have heard this song because he's a caveman. Okay. But in fact, I even thought, a caveman has heard this song. I thought you were gonna take it like I thought you were gonna say that like he he was frozen with that song in his like tape player or something. <laughs> that's, like that's, that's how, crazy. What that's how big about? it is. Uh, no, it's the first thing he heard when he got unfrozen. That would be a good. Uh, that would be a good movie, though, if somebody was frozen with a cassette player that ha- uh, a couple thousand years ago that just had "Pour Some Sugar on Me" in the on the tape. Is would it raise, time it would raise some historical questions, though. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so it's a huge song. It's a big song. You probably uh, uh, you you've you've probably, probably heard, it. heard it a million times. I'm going to guess that there's a percentage of people listening. That are sick of it, um, in fact, <laughs> because of how big it is. And I, and I say that because I, I, I want to talk 
about pour some sugar on me naysayers for a moment. Okay. Because you reach a certain point in success and there's always going to be a backlash. There's backlashes against everything, even brilliant, wonderful things. And Pour Some Sugar on Me is no exception to that. This song has a few naysayers out there. And I, uh, um, oh. I, 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 I see. I, I didn't see, think we were going to talk about these guys, but I guess. Man, I generally I guess don't, the gloves are coming off today, folks. I generally don't address the naysayers. But in this instance. Yeah. We uh, call them trolls. In this instance, it's, it's such a big song and such a big uh, important thing in our world that I, that I almost like I, I have a little sympathy for these knuckleheads. Uh, so I want to I just okay. want to talk to them for, for a moment. Okay, so there's I think there's three kinds of naysayers for the song "Pour Some Sugar on Me." The first kind of naysayer is the is is the person that sees "Pour Some Sugar on Me" as a like quote unquote sellout song. They uh, they want Def Leppard to be the um, to be like the rougher edged British metal band that Def Leppard never even completely 100 percent was even on their you know they were never Iron Maiden uh, even on their first album there's touches of of all kinds of different things including uh, some of the poppier uh, elements of their music but the first kind just sees it as like they a, a bridge too far towards pop music. And too far sure. away from metal music. Okay. Uh, the second group of naysayers is people who do not like Pour Some Sugar on Me because they think it's popular or overplayed. Um, okay. They think it's they think it's too successful and therefore it's lame. Like it's uh, this is um this is a group that uh, because something is enjoyed by sorority girls and fraternity guys. They don't they think it's lame. And to this group, I say, you know what? Have fun drinking recycled urine and washing your clothes against a rock in in a stream somewhere, because indoor plumbing is also something that frat guys and sorority girls love as well. They talk about um, it all the time. Yeah, they're cra They're nuts for it. They take real long showers. They got to wash all that uh, all that tough mud or mud off themselves. Yep. The third group. Of naysayers. Okay. Is people who think that this song isn't cool. Oh, those guys are the worst. Now, here's the group that I want to talk to. The group of people, the naysayers of Pour Some Sugar On Me, who think that it isn't cool. These people think... Because it's got uh, this big, brassy swagger and these, like, cheeky, colorful, fun lyrics, they, uh, they think it isn't cool. And they're wrong. And I'm going to tell them why, uh, with some reasons. Because nothing changes people's minds about whether something is cool or not than, than reasons, specific reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of all the songs on Hysteria, mm -hmm. Pour Some Sugar on Me is the last one they wrote. And it's presumably the one that took the least amount of time to produce. It has a pretty free, kind of loose structure, uh, like real anthemic. Um, and uh, this general like immediacy that sticks out on, uh, on an album where generally everything else is pretty orchestrated and elaborate and like really complicated structure wise. This is, this is very, um, 
this this song sounds like it could have just come out in one in one session. Uh, it's very loose. I think a lot of people see "Pour Some Sugar on Me" as be as as this like deliberate '80s pop metal crossover, like a little okay. shallow or something, right? Like it's like it's a metal band that's trying to do something in an '80s kind of bubblegummy sound. But yeah, like a like a like a hair metal sort of thing, right? Like sure. A, um, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of bands that I will not, that I will not name, that I will not bring, drag into this, uh, into this hatery by bringing their names into this. But people now, like, equate the style of this song with the 80s. But it's actually, like, kind of a, a, a glam rock throwback, like something from the 70s. Like something that Joe and especially Phil Collin would have grown up listening to. I have this theory that if you took uh, the 80s kind of gloss, the synthy sounds, the massive space reverb, and if you made, sure. the, uh, if you made the drums a little frumpier, uh, like, set, like 70s drum sounds, if you took the guitar, uh, you made the guitar like a little wafflier, and if you dampened the whole thing, uh, this song would actually not sound out of place in uh, T-Rex's catalog, as far as... as it, in my imagination, that's that's how it sounds. It sounds like a T Rex song or a Queen song. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I, th I, I almost think you could strip away some of the '80s gloss on this, and it could almost be like "Bang a Gong" by T Rex. I'm saying all this just to say I think Def Leppard funneled a lot of what was great about the '70s glam era. Which is um, which is something I, uh, I think a lot of people and it was have, a huge influence on their on it, them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they they were you know they like I said they grew up listening to it. They wanted to be Joe Elliott wanted to be David Bowie, and yeah. uh, and so they're the it, basically what they did. And this is cool. This is what I'm saying is cool. Is they took the glam uh, approach. And they funneled it through this wall of power, 80s, like, space reverb sound. That, I think, is a really, really cool sound and cool finished product. And it, yeah. uh, it really, again, it's one of the most successful songs of all time. And it really only needs this much defending that I'm giving it right now because it is our topic tonight and because it has haters. So yeah, and it uh you said that they they didn't spend that much time on the production end of things, huh? Cuz it feels well, like they it feels like they pulled out every trick in the book. I just mean that the what what I mean is that they didn't rework this song and rework this song. I'm sure they pulled out a lot of stops. I'm sure like and it you can hear it. But I'm what I'm saying is it has this immediacy that it feels like the elements of it all came together pretty quickly. You know what I mean? It's a bunch yeah. of shouty, like shouty anthemic sections of the song, uh, and a, and a primary guitar lick. And there's not much more, it, it, there's not as much like sort of in between. Yeah. I can um, see that. Uh, how, Stuart, what do you, what do you think? How do you want to start talking about the song itself? Do you want to, um, <clears throat> Should we should we listen to the beginning of it? Well, normally here at uh, Till Death Do Us Party, we uh, we open up with a little bit of the opening of the song, and I think that's appropriate here because this has one of those openings that like almost anyone can recognize if it comes onto the radio. Yeah, actually, before we do that, okay, 
a, a hard veto on my suggestion, sure. Yeah, and it's especially uh, it's especially egregious because I, I asked you your opinion on how we should go forward, and then I changed my mind. Yeah, once yeah, you yeah. You're like, <laughs> like, where do you want to eat tonight? I'm like, well, I normally don't make decisions, but I'm really feeling the sit-down Pizza Hut. And you're like, mm, nope, Quiznos. <laughs> like, I guess well, I'll have one of their signature subs. Uh, I, it's structurally, I, I'm I'm a little bit off tonight because we uh because i we want to jump right into the song uh and get into it but i think that something worth saying is this is one of the few def leppard songs that is absolutely clear a hundred percent right off the gate what mm-hmm. it's about and i think we can actually like for the, this is rare. We don't have to get to the second verse or anything or like d- parse out a lot of the lyrical things to figure out what this song is about. It's very clear already to just yeah. people who have heard the title of the song what this song is about. It's about this, physically pouring sugar on somebody. This guy body. wants you to pour sugar onto him. That's what this song's about. Uh and and that is very clear from uh, from moment one of the song, and and more so if you look at the track listing itself uh, on your cassette or on the back of the LP or mm-hmm. LEP or Def LEP that you're holding, uh, yep. this song and the last song actually form a poem or like a complete thought that tells you everything you need oh. to know about this part, the fourth and fifth song. What's going on in this part of the album Hysteria? Love Bites, as a yeah, phrase, Love Bites tells you that, I, I, it says, I know you are going to come into my life. I'm going to fall in love with you. You're going to come into my life. You're going to tear it to shreds. You are going to yep. eat my heart right out of my chest. And the song mm-hmm. Pour Some Sugar On Me says, I hope it tastes good. I hope you put a little honey mustard on that shit. Yeah. So basically, on the honey, love bites, but I hope you pour some fucking sugar on me, because you're gonna have a you're gonna have a big meal right here, baby. And that's ba- that's what we need to know as we go into this song. So let's hear the beginning of pour some sugar on me. Can I be your man? So, uh, legally, I could only play the first half of the first verse there. But uh, Stuart, you want to Stuart, you want to tell us what uh, tell us what tell us what Joe said there. He says, "Step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe. Hey, hey. What do you think? Uh, uh, what do you think we're? What do you think? Uh, what do you think we're stepping inside?" What do you think? I don't. Well, he you know, once again, he's adopting this like this like carnival barker type uh, role. That's not uncommon for Joe Elliott at the start of these songs. He mm-hmm. wants to let the listener know they're they're coming into a party. Okay, 
You don't think maybe he's now, telling he, uh, he's telling someone someone very specific that they should step inside like a rocket? Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. So he's saying, "Hey, babe, climb into this uh, climb into this rocket, and I want you to walk in the same way that I walk." Sure. Hey, because, woman, step inside yep. my rocket here. Mm-hmm. Walk this way, so you and me are walking the same, the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were, they were certainly Monty Python fans, and isn't that a Monty yep. Python bit? What the Ministry of Silly Walks? Isn't that who does the thing where they where they say walk this way, and then they walk somewhere, and the person behind them walks the exact same way that they walk? That sounds like a that sounds like a very Zucker Brothers type. Actually, you're <laughs> type right. Joke. That sounds more Zucker than um, than Monty Python. Okay, so love is like a bomb, baby. Come and get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Now, what does that mean, Alex? Uh, that's a mysterious line. What's a radar phone? A radar phone is a precursor to uh, the cell phone. That's uh, something that uh, very, very rich, successful uh, people had in the in the eighties. But it basically it it could tell you where someone was. Because it's radar, right? Uh-huh. Radar can determine the range, angle, or velocity of objects. So if you had a radar oh, phone, okay. if you had a radar phone, you could tell how far away someone was. You could tell the angle at which they were, um, like, compared to you, the angle at which they were moving. And you, it could okay. tell you the velocity. Now, basically, what that means is, uh, if you had a radar phone, you could only you couldn't communicate unless the person knew that you were watching them on your radar phone, and so they would do like a little dance that would send you a message. Oh, or they'd walk in a very specific way. Right. Uh, now, okay. I don't I don't know that there's a complicated language that you'd have to learn. I don't know that um, I don't know that Joe or any of the guys in the band had radar phones. Uh, no. It's it. Uh, I, I don't know that for certain. Uh, they they might have, but when he says "living like a lover with a radar phone," I think what he's saying is lovers with radar phones had to dance around a lot and do weird motions to communicate yeah, things yeah. to their lovers uh, that had radar phones. So it it just means you're unpredictable. Means you're because because at any oh, moment okay. a, at any moment a person with a radar phone might have to run at a forty five degree angle or do some gyrating motion uh, with their with their hips at any moment. So that was at any it was moment, kind of a crazy sure. thing about the eighties. So love is like a bomb. That makes sense. Like that that's tied in with the earlier song, like love bites. Like love is like but, a bomb is actually a really important line. For reasons that will come clear later on the album. Okay. So just put love is uh, love is like a bomb. Just put that in your in your in your mind. Okay. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to fold that up and I'm going to put that in my back pocket and I'm going to open sure. that up when we get to a, a later track. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after that, we got looking like a tramp, like a video vamp. Looking like a tramp is not the nicest thing to say to someone. Oh, okay. So uh, you're standing out. Uh, you're being a hero here, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm you're I'm showing gonna, off. I'm gonna white I'm gonna white knight for a minute here and just say looking like a tramp <laughs> uh, is a is a questionable. That's not cool. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> it's a questionable thing. Uh, to I don't say. care who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people would let that slide. Not me. I mean, I think I should be normal, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, looking like a tramp, <laughs> like a video vamp. That's uh, uh once again we're talking about vampires. Yeah, that's definitely think, a, uh, a va- that's um that's probably Probably someone from a series of like vampire porn movies, video vamps mm-hmm. uh, that were popular yep. in the eighties. Uh, he could have also just got done watching uh, the original Fright Night mm-hmm. and had vamps on the brain. Uh, That's Demolition true. Woman, can I be your man? Now, Demolition Woman. Now we once again this it's that's the uh, that's the sequel to Demolition Man, starring uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Right. Uh, it's interesting that they would make that reference here because that movie hadn't been released yet. Because it predates the movie, sure. Uh, yeah, that's the movie. Demolition Man's the movie that catapulted Sandy Bullock to stardom. Sure. I think she may have even gotten a Oscar nomination for her uh, her uh, future police officer character. Uh, I don't remember. Um, so, he, but he's describing the, uh, he's describing the subject of the woman, this demolition woman. Sure. And then, you know, after trash talking her, calling her a tramp, calling her a vampire woman, he then says, can I be your man? Like, whoa, he's twisting it up on us. Now, we let thought me... he was disparaging her, but actually he wants her. Now, let me, uh, let me, let me back up a little bit because I, d- I do think, I do think in Joe's mind, Looking like a tramp, like a video vamp, demolition woman. Uh, I do think those were compliments back then. I think those okay. were things you said. Uh, it, it, it was a different time. We've talked about this a few times. There was a different president. Uh, there, there, <laughs> yeah. were, <laughs> there were. The Soviet Union had just fallen. Uh, no, the Soviet Union was still going strong at this point. It was going through some changes, but it uh-huh. was still around. Uh, and while, and while, so the cold war is still actually happening and there was this whole sort of atmosphere of everybody was just kind of like, we don't know if we're going to be bombed by a nuke at any moment. So let's get down to business. Let's get down to the point. So it was pretty common, uh, to just walk up to a woman and just shout that she looks like a tramp or a porn star, uh, in, in hopes that she'll respond well to that. Yeah. Okay. So, in, so to be fair, there's a, a bit of convention there, but yeah, nowadays it doesn't it doesn't quite quite read like that. It reads more yeah, like it doesn't fly. He's he's saying, oh, you're you know, he's he's saying she's like a like a dirty person or something, <laughs> covered in brick dust and schmutz. Yeah, and then but then he says, "Can I be your man?" Which, even on that, uh, I mean, so. Let's say she is a dirty person. Uh-huh. Then he's what he's really saying is she's captivating, even in her, uh, e- even in her, um, in how sleazy she is. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's the first. That's the first verse. Moving forward, let's just let's listen to the second half of that. Okay. Resonant, resonant, 
so at this point, we have a pretty firm understanding that uh, it almost sounds like Rick Allen is playing a drum set where one of his drums, when he hits it, it lets out a sound that sounds like a bunch of guys saying, <laughs> hey! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely uh, the, the effect of being in a huge stadium of people uh, who are with you as you mac on this chick. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's basically how you're... It's like a big Greek coliseum, and you are a gladiator, but instead of killing someone... Uh, really grossly, your uh-huh. job your job is to mac on this girl until she decides to pour sugar on you. So, and all these all these people are going, yeah, yeah, because you're like the big, you're the best, you're the best at this this weird, yeah, you're the best this around. weird game, whatever it is. Uh, so the s- second half of the first verse, those lyrics were razzle and a dazzle and a flash a little light. Uh, razzle mm-hmm. dazzle, we all know that. Uh, if if yep. um, so, he's he's saying uh, you're shining, babe. You're you're really you're doing it. Uh, television lover. Yep. So she's uh, she's into sitcoms and programs and stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's a television lover. Uh, what, what was she's on watch, back then? She's uh, watching Alice, a lot of she's uh, watching a lot of Murphy Brown. WKRP um, WKRP Cincinnati. Actually, Murphy Brown's probably a little later, right? No, I think Murphy Brown was on. I think Cheers and Murphy Brown were on. I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see. Uh, baby, go all night. That's uh, probably just means she can uh, have sex all night, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that probably. <laughs> uh, sometime, anytime, sugar me sweet. Little Miss uh, Innocent, sugar me. Yeah. Interesting. To call someone innocent after you have drugged their name through the mud <laughs> throughout the rest of this verse. Well, he was just talking about her appearance. Maybe she's yeah. out there. Maybe her looks are uh, writing checks that her past performance can't cash. Yeah. Or maybe the maybe the first nine-tenths of this was a pretty elaborate neg. And then the little Miss Innocent oh, is like is, right. is the part is the the part where he's he's actually being sweet to her. Little Miss Innocent. Oh yep. Or he's just being sarcastic. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, anytime I wanna make uh anytime I wanna make love to my wife, I keep telling her how innocent she is. Right. Until she gives up. Yeah. She, you're like, because, you're I like, mean, that's killer with kindness. Yeah, you're like, you don't even know what's about to happen. You don't, you've, <laughs> you <laughs> guess not. You, <laughs> you ever seen a wiener before? <laughs> Clearly not. She's innocent. <laughs> uh, she wouldn't even know what to do with that thing. So then we have another big, so, r- big rapturous crowd yelling, "Hey!" Then we have, "Hey!" Then we have uh, classic Def Leppard Bridge. Do we need to say yep. again how much Stuart and I appreciate the soaring, propulsive catalog of bridges that, De- that Def Leppard has created that take you seamlessly from the verse to the chorus in a way that, oh, it's like your hair is blowing back and you just feel it, right? Yeah, it's like 
you are nervous about going up this staircase, and then Joe Elliott just sticks out his hand, and he takes you by the hand and leads you up this staircase all the way to the heaven of the chorus. Or you're like, or you're looking at the staircase from the bottom, and you're nervous, and he just grabs you by your armpits and just runs you yep. up the stairs. Uh-huh. That's, that's exactly what happens. That's what that's how these bridges feel to me. But this so this one is Come on. Take like a bottle. Carried by the armpits. Take a bottle, shake it up, break the bubble, break it up. Okay. Uh, so taking a bottle and shaking it up, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Why are we talking about bubbles? Is this a bubble bobble reference? Mm, bubbles. The bubble thing has always mystified scholars and hysterians like myself. Um, yeah. it, it's not... Uh, I'm assuming you're divided as a, as a group. You're divided on what the bubble reference means. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's some different theories about it. My, the one I like to go with is that, uh, is that he's saying break the bubble as in sort of burst your bubble, burst your separation from people. Like when people okay. see themselves as apart from or away from different people, they break. They, you can burst someone's bubble, and you get. You, they're basically exposed to the world. Uh, I, I don't know of another theory that's more plausible than that. But yeah. uh, but if you know if if somebody thinks that um, that sugar comes in bubbles, because I don't. I don't think that sugar comes in bubbles. No, I don't. Th I don't think it does at all. I've been to a grocery store before, and that's not how you buy sugar, man. Yeah. So we have the soaring bridge. It builds us up. We got taken a bottle, shake it up, break the bubble, break it up once again by ending each of these lines with up. It only takes you. It takes you along. Just to grabs your armpits. Chorus. And then we get to the chorus. The chorus that everyone remembers. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you hang out there on that before I play it. Here we go. The chorus that everyone remembers. Stick it sweet. From my head to my feet, yeah. Woo! Man. Woo! Sizzling. Sizzling heat right there. <laughs> so pour some sugar on me. So, Ooh, in the name of love. Right? Again, because yep. it's... Very literal. You're being consumed by the love, and you want to be sweet. So that it's mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that you so that you taste good. Uh, pour some sugar on me. Come on, fire me up. Now, this is interesting um, because he's actually asking. Is her, it kind of like how? Is it kind of like how when you cook onions and they caramelize, they actually become a little bit sweeter? That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but that's true. Like he would actually be. I got one! I got one! Yeah, yeah, Stuart. No, great. That's great. Because it's true. If he was... One way to make Joe Elliott sweeter is to simply pour some sugar on him. 
And another mm-hmm. a, a way to ma- even make it him more sweet is to heat him up a bit, like a, like an onion, like to saute him for a, for a little bit. I kind of wonder why he's asking her to cook him at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's nervous that she'll get sick. Yeah, he, <laughs> right. From uncooked right. Joe meat. Yeah, he doesn't want her getting salmonella. No. So he wants her to fire him up, cook him up, pour some sugar on me. Ooh, I can't get enough. And then like, he gets, and then he gets real cute and coy. he gets real cute and coy at the end of the chorus, and he goes, "Oh, look uh-huh. at me! I'm hot and sticky, sweet." From my head to my feet, yeah. So he is at, by the end of the chorus, he's covered. He yeah. is hot, sticky, and sweet. His feet are grilled and sweet at this point. Okay, which is pretty so sexy. And now that's that's a chorus. Everybody knows that chorus. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps that they say pour some sugar on me three times in the chorus. Yep. Is there an importance? It I does, mean, we've talked about help. the importance of threes with Def Leppard. With with threes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, like, triples. Sure. And uh, pyramids and triangles. Right. Well, yeah, they're, they're, their name, they, they represent their name through a series of, uh, of pretty hard triangles. Uh, they, they, they have a, an icon, the Delta Lambda three that, uh, that they, that they use sometimes as their, uh, yep. as, as the icon, uh, for their name. And this is their, this is their big song off of their, the third album in this trilogy. The third album in albums. this trilogy. That's true. Yes. Uh, and they say, pour some sugar on me three times. Uh, I have not, yep. I, I haven't gone, I haven't really think about it. connected that to any other thing but it is interesting yeah um so what what other what other are there any other threes in this song mm, let's see how many verses are there one two three verses <laughs> okay great i love kind it of. i love it we're halfway uh, okay, to we're halfway so... to a theory here we just need, we just need, yep. uh, well, I guess we need two, we need one more if it's going to be a theory about threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, we, we need three bits of information. Um, okay, so after this course, we go into verse number two that begins with listen. 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 So right away, right away, he's got like, you think, you think you know what this song's all about, and he knows that you're enjoying that chorus, but he's like, wait a minute, listen to me for a second. Listen. She's probably gotten a little distracted by the cooking process. Uh, yep, I, I know I do sometimes. It's hard to it's hard to pay attention to what someone's saying to you while you're while you're stirring up the sauce or you know uh, cranking the and you're keeping the timing keeping yeah. the timing all straight in your head. Yep, you, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to overcook your sous vide stuff. You want that stuff to be super tender. That has yeah that has you want I mean, your that's... salmon. That comes down to seconds, really. So yep. And when you're melting cheese on your salmon breast, you want that to be delicious. <laughs> yep, your craft American cheese that you're melting on your salmon breast. <laughs> yep. Before you put that on some uh, on some toasted rye bread, <laughs> a little bit of horseradish. Wooey. Okay. Classic. So the Fort Wayne listen. Reuben. <laughs> Hey, listen. Stewart's, Stewart's yep. Fort Wayne Reuben. I call it's, it a Fort Wayne Reuben. grilled salmon breast with American cheese on it. Uh, it's some horseradish <laughs> on a ride. Yeah, a little bit of a, horsey. 
on is it a roll or a or rye bread? On rye bread, two slices of rye toast. I love it. I love it. There's going to be. Uh, but I like I like my rye toast extra thick, Texas style, <laughs> with garlic sauce on it. Uh, like garlic no, no, butter. No, 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 no. Like garlic butter, no. Texas toast, rye Texas toast. No, I want that toast to be super dry. Except I want the only uh, wetness in the sandwich to be melted cheese and sweet horsey sauce. <laughs> So it just dribbles out the corners of your mouth when you bite down. It sounds like one of the dry hanky and dab your dab the corners of your mouth. It sounds like a a, a Reuben that would be notable for its dryness. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that at first you start taking a bite and you're like, this sandwich is way too dry for me. Right, and then you get that blast of horsey in your mouth and you're like, oh, I was not expecting this. Stuart likes. <laughs> I remember when I first got that blast of horsey in my mouth, and I went, oh, ho, ho. Stuart likes. Horsey blast. Yeah. I know Stuart would have liked that. Yep. Uh, so, listen. <laughs> so, give me those lyrics, man. Listen. Red light, yellow light, green light, go. Crazy little woman in a one-man show. Mirror queen, mannequin, rhythm of love. Sweet dream, saccharin loosen up wow there's a lot a lot going on there so it's, we begin um, with some traffic traffic stuff <laughs> yeah uh astute listeners will know that red light yellow light green light go those are traffic uh instructions that's how mm-hmm. you that's how you remember uh that green light is what lets you know that it's time to go but that's the thing like right right off the gate after a chorus like you're already flying high, and then he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We got a red light. Mm-hmm. Now we got a yellow light, green light. Now it's time to go." So it's kind of the put. You're saying it's kind of the push and pull. It's how he asserts his control. He's got you flying Absolute. along, and then absolutely, and he says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop! Okay, now we can go." And it's a way of as a as a lover of kind of making control, uh, keeping control in his hands. Now, this next line uh, has always uh, mystified me, Alex. Crazy oh, really? little woman in a one-man show. What, is that, what does that mean? Uh, I think it means that, well, again, it's sort of like the, it's, it's parallel line in the first verse, which is um, uh, the living like a lover with a radar phone. It, it just means she's, I mean, she's, she seems crazy. She's very unpredictable. She does strange things. And it's like he's watching a one-man show. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a one-man show, Stuart. Uh, uh, but sometimes like people... A, like a concert? No, like a one-man show, like when, um, uh, you know, when uh, John Leguizamo does, like, scenes from... Uh, or, 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 or a night with Mandy Patinkin. When okay, he, where he does, uh, where he performs some of his his best like Broadway performances. Oh, okay, um, like that guy from Homeland and uh, Princess Bride. Yes, so he does. Yeah, mostly he does mostly scenes from Princess Bride, uh, okay. but then he'll also throw in a scene from Homeland in there uh, every every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spice so you it have up. a so you have a night with with Mandy Patinkin, and mm-hmm. you. And, and you're not. So I guess if a woman showed up in the middle of that show, you'd be like, "What are you doing here?" 
Do you have oh. tickets? And oh. she's like, I don't have tickets. Oh, I see. I see. I see, Stuart. So, no, she is the – see, the the type of art that I'm talking about is called a one-man show. And she would be the one man in the show. Oh. But the okay, thing but is – so like, just one-man show. Yeah, but uh, but it man in the very broad sense. I mean, it's not it's not Adam Carolla and uh It's not man yeah, it's not man show. It's not one man show like one episode of the man show with Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel. Crazy little woman in a one man show is saying that like Mandy Patinkin's performances in An Evening with Mandy Patinkin. It you only understand each little moment if you know the story that's going on overall in each of those in the movie Princess Bride and on the show Homeland. Oh, okay. So her behavior is unpredictable because okay. she's doing individual scenes from Homeland and Princess Bride. Okay, I think I'm starting to follow. Now, Mirror okay. Queen Mannequin. I guess those and he make says sense man- now. He says because mannequin. Mannequin. He says mannequin in a way mannequin. That- uh, Rhythm so of Mirror love. Queen, I guess, as a as a performer, in a way, she's kind of mirror. She's she's copying. She's mirroring something. Oh, I think of Mirror Queen as just she's just uh, has done a great job getting her face together. She's a Mirror Queen. That's oh, how I that's how I think okay. of that line. Simply put, um, okay. And mannequin, Mannequin, I think that just means that she's fucking done up so nice. Like mm-hmm. she's like the she's like in the front window. These are these are loose. These are super loose uh, word associations. Oh, okay. So, so you, he's you kind do, of he's it, flying off the top of his head here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised that uh, that that there's trouble understanding each of these individual moments because he's really just he's just this is very like. Uh, it's more creating a, an atmosphere of just word associations. And mannequin, when I hear when I hear Joe Elliott say mannequin, what I imagine is him walking into a department store and saying, uh, and and sort of willing the man the front mannequin in the store window to come to life, so that because he admires how well she's done up and how you know she's got that like forward-looking, optimistic face that a lot of mannequins have. Yep. And then Rhythm of Love. (laughs) uh, I mean, obviously, Rhythm of Love. Who needs to say anything more about that? She's dancing. Yeah, She's got the Rhythm of Love. She's got the look. She's got the moves. She's a sweet dream. She is saccharine. Mm -hmm. That's another sugar reference. And then loosen up sounds. Uh, after all of that, loosen up sounds a little condescending and a little like like he's chiding her, like she needs to loosen up. But I like to think that that's a call to everyone. Like if we're if we're back in our coliseum, and uh-huh. he's the gladiator. He's the big. He's the gladiator who's been charged with seducing this person. He's just yep. saying. All of us need to loosen up. Life is, we need to loosen up. That's part of his okay. pitch. It's part of his pitch uh, to this one. Okay. All right. So loosen up, and then we, we keep going. We got, you got to squeeze a little, squeeze a little, tease a little more. <laughs> Easy operator, come a knocking on my door. Sometime, anytime, sugar me sweet. Little Miss Innocent, sugar me. Yeah. 
Give a little mo. Give a little mo. Okay. Uh, squeeze so, a little. Squeeze, squeeze a little. Squeeze a little. Once again, uh, he's talking about that sugar. That sugar. Shaker, yeah, that sweet. Right? That sweet sugar. You got to squeeze that sugar out. Uh, tease a little out. Like you, you dribble a little bit on his chest, a little bit on his knees. Mm-hmm. Maybe miss him a little bit, and he's like, "No, that sugar's supposed to go on me." <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly You're it. wasting the sugar. You nailed it. You nailed it, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, easy operator come a-knocking on my door. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like uh, she's she's an easy operator. Now, that's a concept. Is that is that uh, an expression that that other people use? I use that expression all the time because of this song to yeah. say that someone I mean, is I've an heard easy of, operator. I've heard of a smooth operator. Sure. That's a very similar thing, um, an easy operator. But an easy operator implies a little more carefree. It's also than two smooth syllables. Operator. Smooth operator is like a little bit. Uh, smooth operator is somebody who has like a goal and they're like going for it. Like a smooth operator yeah. is like somebody who's in it, like following a line of a plan. Whereas an easy operator is somebody who things go well for and they're able to get what they want, but they're kind of just careless and loose at the same time okay which is interesting because because he made a point of saying that she and everybody else should loosen up just a couple lines ago um yeah sometime it's the, anytime the push and pull you were talking about true true that Stuart. uh yeah. sometime anytime sugar me sweet little miss innocent sugar me yeah yeah uh that uh, is there anything uh, that I mean, doesn't that's, make sense. That's pretty that. clear. He is available anytime, yeah. and then my, we have a echo. My schedule. Of my the... schedule is clear. I've got a lot of surface area to be covered in sugar. Yep. And uh, then we have an echo at the end of the first verse. Yep. Um, now, because I do, I actually do want to play the verse that we just talked about real quick because it has this amazing. Uh, this is one of my favorite features of this song, actually is the guitar that comes in at the beginning of you got to squeeze a little, squeeze a little, tease a little more. Uh, It is, I don't know, there's just something so, like, motivating about it. It's it's beautiful. It it has this, like, intensity to it. Let me me play that. Fire that shit up, dude. That is it. I will fire it up. I will pour this all over you, Stuart. Here we go. Stop stop teasing me. So it's basically the same. Everything is the same, except there's this lead guitar that's like blossoming underneath it. That's going. It's getting bigger. And that's a that's just a really cool feature of that of that second half of the second verse. Then we have the continues to be propulsive. Yeah, absolutely. Getting you to getting you to work on time is what is what's happening here. So the bridge happens again. The chorus mm-hmm. happens again. Yep. The little coy after chorus thing where he says, I'm hot, sticky, sweet from my head to my feet. That happens again. And then we have a guitar solo. You want to just hear the guitar solo? Hell yeah, I do. Yeah, because this one is awesome. Here we go.
So, like a lot of other elements of the song, that solo has a very, like, surprising, unexpected stabs of things, a lot of stop and start. He's, he's like, running up on you and then getting you to stop and then letting you come forward. Like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of control. It's a lot of push and pull. It's a lot of seduction going on in that solo. Um, there's, I think, I think they're both, I think both Phil and Steve are doing little licks in that, but they nobody has a more than a, you know, one bar, uh, moment or gesture in that guitar solo. Okay. Yeah. 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 I can see that. It's a, it's, it's a lot of pushing and pulling. Yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, a little back and forth. Yeah, this is um this is just the this is like a little antiphonal section. Um does that does that make sense? Is that a term that you're familiar with, Stuart? Antiphonal? Nope. Uh antiphonal is like a call and response basically. It's like when you oh, have okay. in musical terms, it's like when you have a when you have a main instrument and it's yelling out to a bunch of other instruments or one another instrument, and they're playing back and forth. They're sort of dueling banjos each other. That's what's happening here with this anthemic uh, sort of... It's not quite a verse. It's just a different section. It's sort of a C section. So mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, let's hear the post-solo uh, C section. C section. <laughs> How this beautiful thing is born. And then we're back into that bridge. Yep, right back up on that bridge. And uh, the section we just listened to. Stuart, give me those lyrics. You got the peaches, I got the cream. Sweet to taste, saccharine. Because I'm hot, so hot, sticky sweet. From my head, my head, to my feet, to my feet. Do you take sugar, one lump or two? All right. Uh, I, you got the peaches, I got the cream. Now that's, so that's like... Uh, uh, I mean, that is the most got... overt sexual metaphor I've ever heard, unless this is another example of him being incredibly literal. Uh, what? Him being incredibly literal uh, about her having actual peaches, like her yeah. carrying some peaches, and he's yeah. got cream. Like, they're mm-hmm. gonna, like that's what the dessert is going to be after she has some pulled Joe shoulder. Uh, he... <laughs> yeah. It could, be, it could be a number of things. It could be... Exactly like we just said, super literal. It could yep. be that she actually has peaches, but when he says cream, he means jizz. Or it could mean a third <laughs> option. Her peach is her vagina, and his cream is just, you know, sweet, sticky cream that he pours all over over her vagina. <laughs> I, love, I, love your, I love your distinctions there. I love that the second one is the one... Uh, where he's chizzing on the peaches. That's the second one. Yeah, <laughs> and the, that's like so the President's United States song, <laughs> right? Okay, so let me let me hear let me hear those one more time, just because I think that's great. So the first one is she has literal peaches, he has literal cream. Second one yep. is she has literal peaches, and he's gonna jizz on them. Third one yep. is the peaches are her the peaches vagina. are her what like vagina lips. Yep. 
and he has literal cream that he's gonna he's uh, gonna drizzle on it. That he's gonna drizzle on there, <laughs> yeah. uh, for for dessert, yep. uh, which would be unlike this. This would be a new chapter for Joe because he generally <laughs> doesn't go downtown. We've we've established maybe that maybe that's why he's got times. the cream to like add a little bit of sweet <laughs> flavor to it. <laughs> well, sweet he doesn't to taste. appear to be a big fan of uh, a big fan of of flavor. Okay, sweet to taste. I have always thought that that line was. <laughs> Was sweet potatoes. Uh, so it's, you got the peaches, I got the cream. Sweet potatoes, saccharin. Yep. Uh, sweet mean, to taste. It makes. Let me, makes, let me just. Uh, it's take more my to the point. And, let me take my pen and just erase sweet to taste and write in sweet potatoes. It should be sweet potatoes because uh, mm-hmm. she's got she's got her peaches, which are the parts of her vagina, and then she's got her uh, sweet taters. Which are her boobs? Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, it tracks. It all, I'm with you because <laughs> yeah. I'm hot. Because you know, because so. you know, a woman is one part sweet, two sweet potatoes, one uh-huh. part two peaches, uh, one, one part, part lady, child, <laughs> and one Don't part the child, little child. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and saccharin, which uh, I believe he said saccharin before in this song, right? Yeah, sweet dreams, yeah. saccharine. He says saccharine twice, mm-hmm. uh, just like mannequin. Little... Yep, which he says uh, once. <laughs> right. If he said mannequin twice, it would probably raise some flags. Yep. Uh, that, but that's again that we're seeing a, a real uh, master gladiator seductor at work here. Uh, that he seductor. Wow. Uh, yes. That can't that can't be a word, but I'm Seducer? but I'm using it. Probably, yeah. But I'm saying seductor. So he's he's hot, so hot, sticky, sweet from his head, head to his feet, to my feet. So that that all tracks. That all is pretty clear. But then at the end, he adds in a little bit of a little bit of extra. He says, "Do you take this, sugar, one lump or two? That ad lib is huge. That's a that's a big because that's even for rock and roll at this time. Uh, even for some of the crazy things people were saying on the radio, uh, do you take sugar one lump or two? Is a bit of a stretch for an ad lib um, as like a sexy thing to say right before you change sections of the song. Uh huh. One, especially one considering lump- that Americans don't use lumps of sugar. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't. That that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't really read over here. The lump, uh, the lump, the lump is just um, like something you get on your body when you're sick. Yeah, your lady uh, lumps. It's not. <laughs> Stuart, not uh, now. See, I wouldn't call lady lumps a sickness. I don't. I don't think of. It, 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 perhaps it's just me, but I don't think of being uh, a woman as being a uh, as being a sickness. Uh, oh wow, you're kind. stepping out of your comfort zone here. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm yeah. just going to say, uh, you know, uh, women are, are 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 great, Stuart. They've got they've got every every right to feel like they aren't a disease. As far as uh, I'm concerned, I mean, that's, that's just how that's, that's just that's how I feel. You, I'm just man. I'm you're just a hero. Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe I walk a different path than some of these other guys. Yeah. But, um, but we so do you take sugar one lump or two? Classic line, classic ad lib. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, that is that is probably probably confused me when I was a kid. I don't know that I know. I don't really remember what I thought he said at that point. But I'm pretty sure I didn't think. Uh, 
I didn't think he said one lump or two. He probably thought he said, do you take sugar? Sweet potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I thought it was like love or something. One love for one love for two. Yeah, that's probably what I thought it was. (laughs) One love for two. Yep. Um but uh but then I also wasn't really following the 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 food the food and eating and consumption of sweet things message throughout this whole thing. I just thought it was an awesome song that sounded awesome. Uh so we and then we have we have another chorus and then it's pretty much the song is the song is done. Yep. So uh, and boy is it. It's done. I mean we've been co- we've been lathered and slathered in uh in sweet creamy sauce we have been cooked right up um fired on the grill and we are and we are done man we are and at the this this you get this supersized chorus it ends with joe shouting sugar me sugar and me. then and then we have the band does a dun 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 like it's a great ending. <laughs> yeah, like let's hear it. Put, let's hear it. It ends with an exclamation point. Yeah, so there's he's bum, bum. there's in the in the chorus leading up to the end there he's doing some come get it come get it like he's like it's ready like he's ringing the dinner bell and he's he's done he's been cooked so it's time for everybody to come up and, and eat Joe at that point and then he's saying uh, and then somebody's pouring a little more sugar on him and he's going yeah do it sugar me and that's how the that's how the song ends sugar me. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the story of how they came up with this song. Uh, do you know that story, Stuart? Do you know the nope? The Please sort of, tell me. Do you know the backstory? So, um, this was as I said before. This is one of the latest songs, if not the last song that they wrote for this album. Uh, and the they were doing sessions for it or something. And Joe Elliott was in Mutt Lang's like London apartment or house or something. They were hanging out, Joe Elliott and Mutt Lang and, uh, Mutt made Joe some tea and Joe asked for sugar. And I believe Mutt Lang said one lump or two or something. And Joe just said, man, come on, just pour some sugar on me. He said the, it, it just came right out of his mouth. This beautiful phrase, this expression. Pour some, man, yeah, just, just pour some sugar out on of me. his mouth. And he probably said, sugar me. Come on, man, sugar me. Do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how the, and they both, I imagine they both just got real wide eyed and looked at each other and maybe like kicked the kitchen table out of the way and did, you know, yep. started whatever you had to do to, to <clears throat> whatever you had to do to, to collect a musical idea back then. I imagine you had to like, 
boil up some wax or something to 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 record a demo. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they did it, but they must have done it right then, just immediately. And I, I actually played at the end of listeners uh, heard at the end of the last episode. I played a an early demo of uh, "Pour Some Sugar on Me" um, that has some like placeholder lyrics. They hadn't written all of the verses for this song, and they just went yeah. in and, and did a real quick demo. And it has. Um, so it has very, very sort of bare bones verses, uh, but the basic idea and the basic structure and the guitar riff and the f- spirit of the song is all there. But again, the lyrics are not are not developed. There's a great line in that demo where Joe Elliott at the beginning of the second verse says, watch my legs, watch me walk, take this man to the candy store. <laughs> and that's, and that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish they had kept that one because I love the watch. Watch my legs. It's a great line. So yeah. go back, go back and listen to the Love Bites episode at the end if you missed that excerpt of the demo for this song. But uh, that yeah. that about wraps up what what that kind of wraps it up. You know, we were pretty nervous, but I think we did it, man. Like as I said, we we were nervous going in. We were nervous the whole time, but I think we stuck the landing. Yeah. We fucking did it, man. Um, I we think we've, did we've, it. we've treated this song with the uh, with the respect and the reverence, and also the uh, the the abandon and the sense of rock and good time that it that it deserves. I'll say that, and I won't uh, go into what the what it what the song means about the narrative of the album at this point. Even though I think those those elements. You know, there's like three there's three planes on which we generally have been talking about these albums. We talk about the we talk about what's going on in Joe's life that frames uh-huh. the album. We talk about what the the narrative uh, the in the broad sense what the narrative of the songs on the album is, sort of literally on their face. And then we talk about the subtext of what that narrative means. What what are the themes of the album? We typically talk about that that way. Hysteria has been pretty mysterious up to this point, but things are starting to like come together. You know, things are starting to things are starting yeah. to make some sense. So we are so just so you know, we are on a love bomb rocket with uh, with women, a woman or a group of women uh, with Joe Elliott. And we are looking for uh, a, a new world, a new beginning, a new start. And that's uh, that's that's all I'll say about the story so far. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to next week. But uh, that's going to be it for now. Uh, you can normally find me on uh, my other podcast, the Flophouse Podcast, where we talk about bad movies and other stuff. What a great podcast! Uh, you can that find is. me. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You can find me on Twitter at FlophouseCat. What and a great Twitter account that is! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. Um, and let's see. I also uh, have a band. Called Lydia Burrell that you can uh, you can yeah, find the same my, name yeah you can find my music it's it's like a woman's name two R's two L's in the Burrell uh, you can find my uh, uh, YouTube videos under the name Howl Dotty uh, those are pretty funny I if you happen to be in Louisville Kentucky 
uh, on the day that this episode comes out, this episode, excuse me. Your excuse. I am performing, I'm opening up for Kyle Gass, the Kyle Gass Band at Zanzibar in Kentucky as Howl Dog. Oh, wow. That's uh, the other guy from uh, Tenacious D, right? Tenacious D, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good, fun stuff. Uh, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that I'm ready, and I hope that I'm able to uh, uh, prepare the crowd for what they're going to see when Kyle Gass gets up there. Uh, and that's it. That's it for me. Um, hope you guys have a wonderful couple of weeks. Uh, come back and see us again because we're going to talk <laughs> about we're going to talk about Armageddon. It one of the Armageddon. One of the the songs that aren't Pour Some Sugar on Me and Love Bites and Animal on this album. Mm -hmm. Armageddon It is (laughs) one of the top. (laughs) So please come back and check that out with us. Okay. Uh, So I think that's it for us, guys. Uh, See you later. And thank you. Thank you. Sugar me. Step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe. Hey, hey! Love is like a bomb, baby, come and get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. You're looking like a tramp, like a video fam. Demolition woman cannot be your man. Hey! Hey! Dazzle in a dazzle in a flash of little light. Television lover, baby, go all night. Sometime, anytime, sugar me sweet. Little Miss Innocent, sugar me, yeah! Hey! Yeah! Come on! Take a bottle! Shake it! Break a bottle! Sweet from my head to my feet, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, red light, yellow light, green light, go. Crazy little woman in a one man show. Mirror queen, mannequin, rhythm of love. Sweet dream, saccharine, loosen up. Loosen up. Sweet from my head to my feet, yeah. 